Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, the Lakers lost in pretty brutal fashion, a game that they kind of, sort of, really, really needed. So let's talk about it. The Lakers fall to the Portland Trailblazers 106-104. They played that game in the Crypto.com arena. Uh, LeBron finishes with uh, 31 points on 12 of 22 shooting, 2 of 9 from 3-point range. AD finishes with 22 and 10. He goes 9 of 17, 0 of 3 from 3-point range. Uh, Russell Westbrook finishes with 10 points, 6 boards, 6 assists on 4 of 15 from the floor, 0 of 3, point, uh, from, 0 of 3 from 3-point range. Um, and the reason I keep highlighting the 3-point uh, range shooting is because they went 6 of 33 as a team, bringing their total this season to an ungodly, just a hilarious total of 25 for 118. That is a 21.2% shooting rate. Again, 25 makes on 118 attempts through these first three games, and a lot of them are wide open. And... You know, a lot of the, the the reaction I've seen online has been, well, you know, if they had only shot like decent or if they only shot like as bad as last year's worst shooting team in the NBA, then maybe they have a, a win from one of the first three games here. Probably not the Warriors games. Maybe they split one of two from, from uh, the Clippers and this last loss against Portland. But I don't know, like we knew that this was going to be a problem heading into the season. Like the Lakers, their best shooters were Patrick Beverly and LeBron James. Uh, maybe you throw Kendrick Nunn into that group, but the shooting wasn't going to like <laughs> you were, they were hoping for outlier shooting that a lot of these guys would take steps forward from three point range. Now they all took steps back at the same time. And that's not great, but this was always within the realm of possibilities here for, for a group that we knew that defenses were going to be sagging off. Basically, when you're a defense and you're looking at the options of what you have to pay extra extra attention to, it's pretty clear on any circumstance, under any circumstances, that you want to shade towards LeBron when he has the ball and you want to shade towards uh, Anthony Davis as he gets closer to the basket. And what you want, what smart teams do, is they employ players around LeBron that make that decision a little bit more difficult or punish opposing defenses for shading towards LeBron or for shading towards Anthony Davis. The Lakers have no shooters, none on their roster who really make defenses consider stepping, you know, not, not shading towards LeBron. And as we have seen to this point, they aren't taking advantage of the wide open looks that are created when those teams shade towards LeBron or when they shade towards Anthony Davis as he gets closer to the basket. And uh, again, this is something that we all saw coming or those of us who like actually looked at the roster saw coming. And, you know, it's unfortunate, but I don't know what to say here. Uh, reality sucks sometimes. Once again, the conversation from this one is going to be about Russell Westbrook. It's going to be about Russell Westbrook until he gets traded, right? That's part of the reason why I just think he needs to be traded or sent home. But uh, Russ was not in the game when the Lakers were up by about 10 points or so, 8 to 10 points with a couple minutes left in the game. He gets brought back in. 
Uh, Portland immediately goes on a run, and in one of the most pivotal possessions of the game, Russ dribbles up the right side of the court, pulls up uh, to take his you know typical mid-range bank shot that he likes a lot for some reason, and misses it. He said after the game that he was uh, looking to get a two for one and trying to get the Lakers the last possession, uh, depending on how, you know, so that they would have to that to lean on no matter how things went in Portland's next possession. But uh, there was only about, you know, after after Portland finally got the rebound, there was about 27 seconds left on, on, on the clock, on the game clock, which meant that there was only three seconds separating uh, the, the, the game clock and the shot clock during Portland's possession. And that's just not much of a two for one there. Usually you want like a two for one usually happens around the 32nd mark, not the 27 second mark. Uh, so his math is kind of off there. And also the Lakers were up. The Lakers were winning when he was trying to create an extra possession that like, if the Lakers take their time on that one and they, uh, play decent defense on Portland, you create a free throw shooting contest. Now, maybe the Lakers don't do as well in that three uh, free throw shooting contest as we watched for many games last year, but the math or the approach on this one just doesn't seem to track. And, you know, the thing that I, it, it made me think of after the game was why would Russ care about winning this? Like why would Russell Westbrook care about winning any of these games? If he knows again, that, the whole point of these first 20 games or so is so that the offers get better so that the Lakers can trade them. And, you know, I, I, the Lakers are obviously, I don't like calling them loaded because a lot of the options that they have at point guard or in the point guard spots um, have question marks surrounding them. But again, I, I just, as I've said all along, Russ is not committed to winning with the Lakers here because the Lakers aren't committed to winning with him. They're committed to writing this thing out and getting a better offer, but nobody any anywhere around the league thinks that the Lakers are looking forward to finishing the season with him. So why not get some extra reps for the guys that you are going to finish the season with? Speaking of all that, I wrote a bit of a column on Friday for Silver Screen and Roll. Almost everyone deserves credit for how they've handled the Russell Westbrook situation. Darvin Ham has tried to stay positive despite the flawed roster he's been told to make work. LeBron James extended his Lakers tenure, thus strengthening their position in trying to undo the mistake they made together. Hell, even Westbrook has been mostly professional despite what has to be an incredibly painful spot to be stuck in. I say almost everyone, though, because Rob Palenka exists. He's made excuse after excuse not to address the glaring problem with his roster and made everyone's lives harder than they have to be. Enough is enough, though. Westbrook clearly isn't a fit basketball-wise or, frankly, an approach to the sport, as he'd rather potentially fake an injury than come off the bench. There might be valid points to waiting this out. Maybe, just maybe... An offer comes along that helps the Lakers and doesn't cost both picks. Maybe more teams fall short of expectations and the market opens up. Maybe a couple teams start winning more than they're comfortable with and they see trading winning players as the only way to slow that down. Hi, Utah. What happens in the meantime matters, though. Asking James and Anthony Davis to keep this clearly sinking boat above water is an insane ask given the Lakers' opening schedule. And by the time Palinka is finally ready to do his job, the season might be too far gone either because of their record or because the lift got too much for those two and they broke down. 
Just about everyone involved from the guys listed in the first graph on through the rest of the organization have bought into the facade and appear ready until Westbrook is finally moved, one way or the other, possibly fake hamstring injuries notwithstanding. The longer this drags on, though, the more pronounced the cracks in the veneer become and the less tenable an already uncomfortable situation becomes. The worst part here is the only person in this equation who doesn't have to deal with the day-to-day melodrama is, unfortunately, the person who has final say on when this sad train ride can finally end. Polinka can sit away from everyone and with that distance not feel the strain keeping Westbrook around might put on the rest of the this godforsaken roster he put together. He makes as few public appearances as almost any exec in the league. Hell, he doesn't even have to be shown on the Jumbotron at an opening night and thus doesn't hear boos from fans who can't believe he got an extension this summer. Palinka has tried to ignore Westbrook much like a child might stuff a sandwich under their bed rather than have to pause their video game and eat it. Sure, the approach might work that day and maybe a couple days afterward, but eventually the smell gets so rancid that an adult walks into the room, notices it, and knows they have to take care of the problem. Unfortunately, there clearly aren't any adults who are walking into this room or willing to tell Palinka the way he's handling this just isn't working. If Jeannie Buss let him back into the room, Jerry West would maybe offer some insight on how to best rip off this band-aid. Perhaps Pat Riley might advise against old, maybe these problems will go away if we ignore them approach. But no. All the Lakers have are Kurt Rambis, Magic Johnson, and Phil Jackson, who've all recently been hilarious failures in a modern NBA. That now months old bologna sandwich will continue to rot under Palenka's bed. It'll sit there as he prays that his two stars stay healthy enough to carry a roster that not a single person who's watched it actually likes from start to finish of a game. That sandwich, when covered with more than a year's worth of mold and stinks to high heavens, isn't going anywhere. That smell is sunk into every piece of fabric in the room and everyone there is stuck plugging their noses until Palenka, comfortably sitting outside, finally wakes up and earns the extension he so clearly doesn't deserve. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown Podcast. We have uh, Raj recapping the game right afterward on Spaces, and that audio will have been uh, put onto this feed by the time you guys are listening to this. Jacob and Hani are recapping the first three games to this point, and most especially this Portland game and where this puts the Lakers now moving forward, given their incredibly tough schedule moving forward. Um, and then later today, I'm going to be talking to a good friend of mine, a legitimate Russell Westbrook stand about this entire situation. And I'm, I'm curious how he feels about my analysis of it because I've, I've been pretty hard on the situation. I've tried to be fair, but you just never know what these things. So uh, that's going to be later on the Anthony Irwin show. So until then, until I talk to you guys next, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.